First Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Say mystery. The hidden wisdom which God had ordained before the world unto our glory. There is a wisdom, there is a mystery. There is a mystery and the wisdom connected to this mystery that was this mystery that was hidden, this from the foundation of the world, from before the world began, it was ordained to be for your glory. Now the word glory has to do with the very excellency of God. Isaiah 35 verse 2 says, speaks about the excellency, the glory of God, which is the excellency of our God. So God, this scripture is saying, this mystery, this hidden wisdom that God had ordained from before the world began was for the very purpose to bring you into such a place of the very excellency of God. Now let me ask you something. If you are having the excellency of God manifested in your life, do you believe that that would be a picture of total victory? Amen? So that no matter what it is you could possibly be dealing with, should the excellency of God be made manifest, that would be victory and absolute success. Well, God said this hidden wisdom, this mystery, he has ordained it, he had planned it from before the world began, and it is the very means by which you are to have total success and come into the very excellency of God. What is this mystery? Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians chapter 1. And verse 26. Even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations, from way, way back. This mystery that was from way back, but now is made manifest to the saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What is this, the, the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, which is what? I want to know. Which is what? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ in you, that is the hope of glory. It is Christ in you that is this mystery. It is Christ in you that is the confident expectation of coming to this place of the excellency of God, total victory and total success. What is the mystery? What is the secret? It is Christ in you. Say Christ in me. Say it again. Christ in you. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 1... 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30 says, flip over there, we're going to walk through a few scriptures here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 says, But of him are you in Christ. Say, I'm in Christ Jesus. For, for, 
For, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. Christ is made unto us what? Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So he that glories, anyone that boasts, let him glory and boast in the Lord. It is Christ in you that is the wisdom, the righteousness, and is everything. It is Christ in you that is the joy and the peace. It is Christ in you that brings you to this place of the excellency of God and the glory of God and total success and total victory. Now, I'm titling today's message, You Have Your Answer. It doesn't matter what the problem is, whether it be sickness or disease, whether it be poverty, lack, oppression, relationship issues, or um, depression, no matter what it is, some kind of cursed activity, you, what you have, your answer. Because the answer is Christ. The answer is Christ. Christ is the confidence that God has that he is able to perform what he had ordained from the foundation of the world. This is God's confidence that he can bring you into, this, into his very own excellence and into total victory and total success. What is it? It's Christ in you. Now, when we think Christ in us, we tend to think of the person of Christ, which it is the person of Christ. We sometimes tend to think of the anointing, which it is. But, but, but let's go a little further than that. Colossians chapter 3, flip over to Colossians again. Colossians chapter 3. Are you in Colossians? <laughs> Colossians chapter 3 verse 3 says, You are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now when Christ, who is, is what? Our life shall appear. When Christ is, who is our life? So Christ, it is the person Christ, but it is your very life. The life that God has put on the inside of you, it is the life of Christ. It is the person of Christ, it is the life of Christ, and Christ in you, that is the life that God has given you. You know the Bible says, Jesus, God came, he gave us Jesus, why Jesus died? That we would have eternal life. Eternal life is the nature of God. Eternal life is Christ himself. In other words then, this is basically saying that that life that God has placed on the inside of you, that eternal life, that new nature, that very life is the confidence and the confidence that God has and the expectation that God has that he is able and will bring you to glory, to excellence, to victory, and to total success. In other words then, your total success and your total victory is connected up with what? With the new nature that you have on the inside of you. It is directly connected to the nature and the life of God that he has placed on the inside of you. You've got to get that. So because you see, I don't know if you've ever lost something, but if you lost your keys and you lost it somewhere over here, and you can't find it, you don't go out into the street underneath the, the floodlight and figure you're going to find it. Because there's a lot of light out there. No. Because it, you didn't lose it there. Are you with me? You know, oh, well, this is too dark. Let's not search here. Let's go search under the light. We'll find it. No, that's nonsense. You know that. 
In other words, then, if you're looking in the wrong place, you're not going to get the answer, are you? Well, I'm saying to you that no matter what you're dealing with, the answer is in that life and nature that is already on the inside of you. That nature that is inside of you, God said, he has placed within that nature every spiritual blessing. He says you are partake of that divine nature. That divine nature is the means by which you escape the corruption and the decay that is in this world. Second, Corinthians, Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4. So that nature is the answer. In another place it calls it, it says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So Christ is the very, in other words, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the life in you. That new nature in you is the hope of glory. Amen? That is why the Bible says, look, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter what the challenges are. You can do all things, how? Through Christ, through that nature. So God wants you and I to become highly developed in functioning in this new nature that he has placed on the inside of you. When it speaks in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14 that he always causes you to triumph how? Through Christ. It's through that nature. Are you with me? That nature in you, Christ has made unto you wisdom. That nature in you is the wisdom of God. It's the mind of Christ. It is sanctification. It is, it, it is um, redemption, which is the totality of wholeness. And it is righteousness. Inside your born again spirit, if we can look at it, there is no failure. There is no defeat. There is only victory. Your spirit has no record. You know the Bible speaks about all things that have passed away. It's talking about your spirit. Your spirit has no past history whatsoever. Amen? Your, 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 your spirit is, 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 is the very essence of your spirit is Christ himself. That's why the Bible says in Colossians 2 verse 10 that you are complete in him. In Christ, you lack nothing. Your spirit is totally, completely in, in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. So all of the, let it be healing, it's in there. Whatever it is, it's all in there. So the answer is in there. And the answer is greater than any challenge. So that if that is the case, and you've got the answer to whatever the challenge might be on the inside of your spirit, you don't want to go look, where to, look in the wrong place. Where should you be looking? You should be looking right here within your spirit, within this born again nature of God on the inside of you. And your question ought to be, how do I draw that out? Are you with me? How do I get the life, the answer, whatever it is on the inside of me, in dealing with the challenge, how do I bring it out? The Bible says in Philippians 2 verse 12, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What salvation? It's deliverance, it's wholeness, it's preservation, it's divine protection, it's healing, it's prosperity, it's all of those things. So it says work it out, draw it out, draw it out. Question is how do you do that? I'm, let me just simply present it to you this way. In order to draw that, uh, uh, that answer out, that life out, that power out, three things are important. Number one, you must identify the life of Christ that is in your spirit. You've got to make an identification that this is my life. You see, many times we look to the circumstances and the situations and the environment and we try to get a hope from, from what it looks like. If this is changing or this is an encouragement, then we say, I'm encouraged. Then we have hope. But no, we are not to be looking 
to the environment or to the circumstances or to people or anywhere else for the hope and for the confidence and for the expectation. Our expectation is to come from that life. It is to come from God. It is to come from what he has spoken. Amen? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What is that hope? Where is it coming from? We must make that identification that this is my life. And recognize and, and get the tears and find out what is this life that I already have. Christ himself is your life. That's number one. Number two. You must also now renew your mind to the truth. Or should I say to the truths of that life. The truths that detail the details of that born again, new creation, divine nature, life that you have in your spirit, you need to get the details so you can draw it out specifically. That is what Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4 is talking about when he says that we are partakers of his divine nature by these exceeding great and precious promises. Because the, the exceeding great and precious promises is not just telling that God wants to do this and that for you. The promises are detailing what it is that you have in that divine nature. So it says you are to now use those promises, mix faith with it, and use it as a key to unlock those various chambers of the divine nature to get out what it is you want. Are you with me? So there needs to be a renewing of your mind to the truths of that divine nature. In, in, in um, Ephesians 4 verse 23 and 24, it says we need to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Come to the knowledge of the details of that person, of that life, of that nature that is on the inside of you. And then number three, once you can make the identification that this is my life, get a hold of the details of it, renew your mind to it, then number three, you've got to take action. You've got to take those truths and impose them on your, on your soul, on your mind, and on your physical body, and even in your environment. Now you notice I say impose. In other words, then it's not just, there could be a little bit of a battle involved. Instead of saying impose, I could say, now you've got an identification of that life. You identify the life of Christ that is in you. And you get your mind renewed to that life. And I could have said, now apply those truths by faith. Which it is. But you see, sometimes faith is a fight. Sometimes the Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence and we got to take it by force. Sometimes they take some violent action. The Bible speaks about resisting steadfast in the faith. That is why I'm using the phrase, you got to impose the truths on your soul and on your body. The Bible says, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to what? Save your soul, save your mind, your will, your emotion, and bring it underneath the dominion of the Holy Ghost. The engrafted word, that very word engrafted in and of itself tells you that this is not just something automatic. Renewing of the mind is not automatic. Renewing of the mind is like refinishing a piece of furniture. It doesn't just happen. It's sometimes you got to sand it. Sometimes you got to burn it. Sometimes you got to go through a whole process before you could get it to that place. Um, you, you know, that, 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 that place that come, where it comes out like a butterfly. Metamorphosis, something like that. All right? All right. So, 
But this imposing process is the issue of faith. Romans says, you just shall live by faith. Meaning those that are declared righteous, those that now have this new life, how are they going to live? They are going to live this new life by faith. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna cause this new life to be made manifest and to become an experiential reality by faith. By believing according to the truth. Or in the spirit. Amen? Alright, so. And when we are able to do that, when we are able to make that identification, we renew our minds and then walk those truths out, what will happen? What will happen is experience and a testimony of the fulfillment of various scriptures. For instance, the Bible says in Colossians 1 verse 13 that you were in the kingdom of darkness. But when you got born again, the fact is you have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, out of the devil's dominion, into the kingdom of God's dear son, the son of his love. But that's wonderful, that's, that's beautiful, but you need to have that experience. But in, order to, in other words then, when you learn to walk this stuff out, your experience will be that the kingdom of darkness is not dominating you, but the kingdom of God's dear son. Galatians 5, 1 says that, that, um, that you might stand fast in the liberty. There is a liberty that belongs to the children of God. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. But then now that could become an experience. How does it become an experience that whom the son says free is free indeed? You got to know the truth, apply the truth, and that truth will produce that freedom. Amen? You see, on the, on the, at the end of the day, this is what it looks like. In your spirit, a lot of what you desire already is. In other words, um, in your spirit, your spirit you have already put on Christ. Your spirit is clothed with Christ. Because you are, every person that is born again is second. He's been born again and he was baptized into Christ. He put on Christ. But now he has to learn to put on Christ. Does that make sense? You, every person that is born again, God, Jesus was made to be sin for him. And he has made the righteousness of God in Christ. But now he's got to learn to walk in righteousness and be righteous. Operate in authority. Operate as a son of God. Everyone that is born again is a son of God. But then he has to learn to be that. You are, but you must also become. In other words, you got you to bring that to the outside. You got to draw it out. Amen? So, let's, 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 let's look at this. So then, but you must first identify that this life of Christ, that this is your life. This is who you are. Christ himself, that's my life. Christ is my life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, he, in Christ, is a new creation. And in Christ, all things have passed away. And in Christ, all things have become new. And in Christ, all things are of God. So everything that he is, in Christ, is now of God. Jesus is his peace, is his joy, is his strength. Is his life, is his righteousness, is his sanctification, is his victory. Amen? The Bible says, it, it, it says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Now, but I want to I really bear down on this, that you've got to make this identification, that that's my life. That's my life. Not what is in the physical mirror, but what is in the mirror of the word of God. That's your life. That's who you are. 
It says, it's, you know, 1 John 4, 9 says that the love of God is manifested in this. That he came, he died, that we might live through him. Let me, quote, let me read it correctly. He, in this was manifested the love of God towards us. I like to think he didn't leave us as we were. But what did he do? He took that old life that we had and he gave us Jesus' life. In this was manifested the love of God towards us because God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him, that we might have his life. Herein is the love of God made perfect, that as he is, so are you in this world. He has replaced your old life with the life of his son. And he wants you to own that and recognize that this is now your life. We talk about Galatians 2.20. Which, I've, which I mentioned quite often, needs to be not just a scripture in the Bible, but it must become our testimony. That is, that you have been crucified with Christ. The old man has been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer him that lives, but it is now Christ that liveth in you. And the life, the life that you now live, it is the life of Christ, and you live it by the faith of the Son of God. We got to make that identification. He is my life. Amen? Now, this is what Jesus came for. This is why Jesus died, was buried, resurrected, ascended, shed his blood, gave us a... What was it for? Here is what it was for. Quite simply, it was to put an end to you. By the sacrifice of Christ, God took you out of the picture. You were crucified with him. By crucifixion and burial God took you out of the picture and by resurrection he now gave you the life of his son are you with me and then in ascension what has he done he is now in ascension now that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places at the father's right hand he now says okay this life that I've now given you that is the life of my son here it must now be made manifest it must now be revealed and the works that I had ordained for you to walk in from the foundation of the world must now take place. So in ascension, what's going on is that, he, is, is that we are to, the life that he has given us and the work that he has ordained for us to operate and function in are to be revealed. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, um, the King James says, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Listen to the Amplified. We are God's own handiwork, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined. Planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Are you with me? So, it's no longer you to live, but it's Christ that lived in you. God put an end to you. He gave you Jesus' life in resurrection. And he said, now you're seated at my right hand. Take the blood. Take the name of Jesus. Take the life I've given you. Take these great promises. And now manifest that life and do the works that I've ordained for you to walk in. All right? Now, God is saying in all of this, he's saying, I've got a purpose for you. Second Timothy chapter 1 um, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 says, He saved you. He saved us. 
And he called you. How did he call you? He spoke certain things. And he called you with a holy calling. Not according to, to our works. Not according to your upbringing. Not according to your education. Not according to your financial means. But according to his own purpose and grace. Which is, the, which is the ability of God to fulfill a purpose, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. You've noticed how many times it's talking about before the world began? Right? And what he had ordained from way back then, before the ages. That only shows that it's not based on what I do and what you do. Because the whole deal is this. God says, look, I've spoken things concerning you. I've said that you are to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I've said you shall to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I have said this, I've said many things concerning you. But now, these things that he has spoken concerning you, he wants them fulfilled. But how do you, how, what is his plan to fulfill them? His plan to fulfill them is not, is, is by, he, he said, I've spoken these things concerning you. I've got a purpose for you, but here's how I'm going to do it. I'm not going to trust you in getting this done in a sense. Not the whole life that you have. What I'm going to do is this. I have put the life of my son, I've given you Jesus' life, I put his life in you, and that life that I place in you, which is the life of Christ, that is the life that will fulfill the purposes of God that he, is, that, he is, um, that he has ordained from the foundation of the world. Are you with me? Man, this is a great plan. He didn't leave this thing to chance. He said, look here, what I'm going to simply do is I'm going to get you out of the way. I'm going to give you the life of my son, and all you got to do is learn to function in him. Let him, let him, let, 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 function in him, function in that life. As in another place, Jesus said, he put it this way. Jesus says, if you want to be where I am, and you want to come after me, and you want to live. So God gave you the life of his son, and it is that life of his son in you that will cause the fulfillment of what he has ordained for you. Are you with me? It is that divine life. In other words, then, it's not your humanity. Say, it's not my humanity. It is the life of Christ. It is the nature of God. It's not your humanity. It is the divine nature. It's not your humanity. Alright. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Let's turn to these scriptures quickly. Uh, Romans chapter 6. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. He says before I formed you I knew you. Romans chapter 6 verse 3. Know you not. That, as, that, that so many of you as were baptized into Jesus Christ, you were baptized into his death. When you, were, when, when, Jesus, when you were baptized into Christ, when you accepted Jesus, God says that you were in Christ when Jesus, you, he placed you in Jesus' death. Colossians 2.12 calls it the faith of the operation of God. God took every one of us, placed you in Christ, and then when Jesus died, you died. When Jesus was buried, you were buried. Old man is gone. When Jesus was resurrected, you were raised up and you now have his life. When Jesus was made to sit in the Father's right hand, you were made to sit in the Father's right hand in him. 
And then, of course, the application of the blood and these things. So it says, knowing this, you need to know this, that as many of you as were baptized or tie-dyed or, or tie-dyed into Christ, that you were baptized also into his death. 